Hello and welcome to episode 14 of series 4 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from the Big Picture People. I uh, hope you're having a good year so far. Um, we, we, we can't believe how, how fast it's going and uh, we're, we're really busy here at the Big Picture People. We've had a great year so far and looking forward to the rest of the year panning out that way. Um, okay, so let's uh, look what we've got coming up in the next couple of episodes. We have, on the 18th of July, have an interview with Jim Gitney from Group 50. Jim's going to be telling us all about how we can communicate strategic intent to our employees. One of the challenges that we often find is organisations have a, a difficulty finding that line of sight between all the great strategies that they've got and what it is that our employees need to be focusing on in their day-to-day work. And Jim's going to be giving us some really good ideas, some tips and guidance on how we can help our employees with that. And then following that, on the 1st of August, we have an interview with Paul Tawal. And Paul is from Team and Dare. And, and Paul is going to be giving us all of the information we need to validate the importance of employee engagement. We've we've covered employee, employee engagement many times on the show before. It's it's kind of implicit in, in what we do on the Engaging Internal Comps podcast. But Paul's going to be giving us some different perspectives on the whole return on investment piece, but also what we can do to make sure that our organisation organizations are fully focused on delivering great employee engagement and making sure that somewhere that we uh, we want our employees to, to to work and show up and give their best um so that's it we that's what we've got coming up in the next couple of episodes just a final request that uh, if you could leave a review for us on the show if you've not already done so if you can go to your podcast platform of choice just leave us a review and uh, it'd be great if you could leave us some some verbal feedback as well because we do we do uh, value that and it's always great to get some 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 feedback from you to let you know let us know how how we're we're doing and and how we're helping you with your your work so uh, that would be great if you could you could do that for us anyway Let's move into this episode's interview. One of the things we do at The Big Picture People is to help organisations to literally share their big picture, which is all about how do we help improve business literacy within the organisation? How do we help organize the organisation, people across the organisation, understand what it is we're trying to do, what we're trying to achieve and what we're trying to uh, get to? Um, I wanted to explore that in more detail from a, maybe from a more kind of structured perspective. So I reached out to today's guest who has an approach to, to, to helping organisations, particularly in turnaround situations. So by turnaround situations, we're talking about businesses that are not realising their full potential. Maybe they're underperforming. Maybe they're even getting into towards a crisis situation about how, how they can turn themselves around. And that's what our guest today specialises in is, is, is those sorts of situations. And he has an approach to help organizations with that which interestingly starts with what we we do and we often see what we do as sometimes um not a luxury but something that, that you know is discretionary but it's interesting that how our guest today is kind of find, think, thinks it, it actually is it's one of those kind of critical things that you need to get into place if you're to get a team to go from either good to great or from you know from not being so great to being at least good and then on to good to, to being great so he has um six 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 approaches that he he talks about and works with with organizations which he's identified as being you know the most critical things and they they all start with c so it's the six c's which is context connection control 
commitment, communication and competence. And what we're going to be doing today in this interview is exploring the first two of those, which is context and connection, which is how do we how do we help our colleagues within the organisation or people within the organisation understand what is the, the, the big picture, what is it we're trying to do? But then also, how do we connect them with that to help them see how their work contributes towards this, this bigger, bigger thing, this bigger picture? So that's what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at context and connection, why they matter, and how ultimately as we as, as organizational developers, employee en- engagers, and internal communicators can play a role in helping our organizations to be better by better explaining context and connection to our people. I hope you enjoy it. My guest today is Kevin Herring. Kevin is a consultant, published author, and speaker. He's published numerous articles and consulted for hundreds of leaders and organizations across North and South America. Kevin is a founder of Ascent Management Consulting, who specialize in work group and business unit turnarounds, coaching, and other workforce performance solutions. So, good morning uh, morning to you. Good afternoon to me, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. It is an early morning. It's a great morning. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Yeah, we've just been talking about what you're up to at the weekend. So um, just for our listeners, because we've got listeners all over the globe, where, whereabouts are you in the world so we can position you at the moment, Kevin? I'm in southwestern United States in uh, southern Arizona in the Wild West. Wow, <laughs> in the Wild West. <laughs> Paints a picture, yeah. So uh, fantastic. Um, so uh, where's your nearest city? Where's the nearest town that, that people would be able to... Uh, Tucson. Tucson. Yeah. Okay. Tucson's the nearest city. Phoenix, if some people may be more familiar with Phoenix, which is uh, about 100 miles north of us. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Excellent. So uh, I, I gave a very brief introduction there, Kevin, to your work. T- tell us a little bit more about what, what, what you do. I know you've been doing this for a long time now. You've got a lot of experience in this area. Maybe tell us a little bit about how, how you ended up doing what you're doing and what you're doing now. Yeah, I've always had a passion for finding more efficient uh, ways to do things and um, and to to make create environments that were more productive for people, where people could fully engage and bring their whole selves to work. Mm. And I studied in college. I studied uh, organizational psychology and organizational behavior as a graduate student, and and eventually went on to work for a consulting company. Mm-hmm. That enabled me to do some of that kind of work, uh, but I think one of the highlights for me was eventually, after running uh, some HR departments as an HR leader in some organizations, I really uh, ha- cut my teeth on this work at a company called Magma Copper Company that was going through an organization-wide transformation. Mm-hmm. It's one of those storybook experiences where a company was basically going under, it was not going to be able to survive if it didn't make a major turnaround. It had seven unions it was negotiating with, and the relationships were pretty strained at the time, mm. and had to, to really do some, make some major changes in terms of how they led the organization, how they worked together, and how they created an environment that enabled people to be able to truly commit to the success of the greater organization and work towards those goals. Mm. So that was kind of the beginning, I think, again, uh, working in a consulting firm and uh, then eventually uh, going off on my own and setting up a company, the Ascent Management Consulting and doing this work. We kind of moved into initially business unit turnarounds and eventually began to 
take those concepts and scale them down to the to the, the smaller team size and mm. working with leaders to help them develop those capabilities to do their own turnarounds in their own organizations, you know, basically creating high engagement workplaces and places where people produce at very high levels, high creating high performing teams. Yeah. Yeah. And by turnarounds, you're talking around, you know, literally taking a, a team or a, or a business unit that's, that's, that's kind of underperforming or not performing at its, at it, at its optimal or, or its uh, potential and, and then helping it to, to, to get to realize that potential. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, it's interesting the number of times we've had phone calls that came at odd times when people were absolutely desperate mm. and saying, I have to have a, a solution this week. You know, well, I can't, I can't mm. give you a solution this week. Uh, it's, it's taken you 10 years to get to this point. Yeah. Um, but, but truly uh, a lot of true turnaround situations where they really were in, in a, a bad state. But also, I think we also look at people who are performing okay, Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, by most measures, people feel like their team is satisfactory, but in reality, there's so much potential that's being missed. Yeah. And uh, we help them to see that potential and to realize it. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Excellent. Um, fantastic. So one, one of the things we're going to talk about is is this this idea of context and connection. And I know that's part of a of a broader model that you 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 use in your work. Um, and I know, I know, no, I think that's part of your six C's model, if I'm correct. So I thought, what if what we could maybe kick off just by kind of really getting helping our listener just to think about what do we mean by context and connection? You know, we kind of obviously they've got a kind of a, a literal meaning in the dictionary, but but in the context of what we're talking about in terms of performance and turning a team around, and also in terms of communication, um, but also how they fit into your broader kind of approach and your model for, for kind of taking a team that's, uh, as we've said, is not at its full potential and helping it to realize that potential. Sure. So we have, we were on a quest for many years early in our, in our practice to shorten the time for these transformations to, to really get at the, the core elements that, any organization needs to fully engage people and and create high performance in the organization to really create that turnaround. So we're always looking mm-hmm. for ways to do it faster, more efficiently. And we kept kind of focusing on what's what's really the 80 or 90%. You know, what mm-hmm. is what is it that makes the most difference? And we found that the these six elements consistently create results. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's not to say that there aren't organizations that have been able to do a turnaround with five of them or four of them. Sometimes mm. it does happen if the, if the conditions are right. But we found if we have all six in place, mm. we just don't have a failure. It, it happens. Mm. People can make it work. And so the, the six C's for us are those six C's of engagement that fully engage people, that bring out that natural intrinsic motivation that people have before they're demotivated, that is. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> right. And so that helps bring those things back if, if people have been demotivated. So the the six C's are context, connection, control, commitment, communication, and competence. Okay. And they're all about the elements that, that uh, enable us to give people that are closest to the core work, that are interfacing with the customer, the tools they need, to be able to 
contribute at their highest levels. Okay. I'm just going to ask you to repeat those, Kevin, because I, 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 I've read, I, I was writing them down myself, and I'm just thinking with the listener. Sure. Context, connection, control. What was the, th- the second, the, the third, uh, the final three? Yeah, commitment, communication, and competence. Okay, excellent. Okay, excellent. Okay, so um, uh, and we're and we're going to kind of really kind of drill into connection, con- context, and 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 so the way I'm seeing those, and the way I'm kind of uh, the analogy I've got there, it's a bit like the fire triangle. You know, if you've got the, you need oxygen, heat, and uh, a source of f- source of fuel to, to to have a fire. It's almost like you, like you're saying, it's maybe not as absolute as that. But if if we want to be able to take a team that, uh, I, oh, I guess a team that's already performing reasonably well, but to take it to that next level, that those sort of conditions need to be there for that 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 performance to sort of really thrive yeah right absolutely and, yeah. and the interesting thing is we find that that people uh in organizations managers often focus on the i think i call them the simple things the things mm. like like skill and um um you know knowledge ability to do the job mm. and um and then they have a notion called willingness yeah which is about motivation. And we find that as I think it was Dimmings that said, uh, you know, 80%, 70, 80% of all performance problems are the system. Yeah. yeah. And willingness or motivation is highly influenced by the system. And so that's why we focus on those six things that influence the system, that help create a system Mm. that enables Mm. people to fully contribute. Okay. 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 So let's fall back to those first two then, because that's kind of what we want to want to lead on today. And and I guess they've all got, you know, what you one of your your yours is you this the your six C's is communication. But we're looking at the kind of communication elements of this, I guess, as and, and I guess there's an element of communication in all of these absolutely uh, the stages. But let's start with context then. So so and is it is it that 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 the the you you rattle those off in an order? Is that is it that you would always start with context first, or could can context come at any stage? of those addressing those six C's they're they're not in a hard and fast order but they do tend to flow that way yeah yeah yeah. Um, and and there's some reason for that when you look at context it's really about the big picture it's about really understanding why I come to work what my business is about yeah and it's amazing how many people have no idea what the final product is in fact that they produce Mm, absolutely (laughs) yeah Uh, I, I like to use the analogy of uh, we just we just of sports and we just went through the Super Bowl here for American football mm, mm. and and I think of it and this applies to any sport or any group uh, activity when you think about what do we need to know to be able to perform at our best and, mm. and sports uh, professional sports is a business mm. and and it's a business that provides tremendous context so people in, on a sports team players know there's what the standings are. They know who their competition is and what their strengths and weaknesses are and how they stack up against those strengths Mm. and weaknesses. There's a, when they have a game, there's a scoreboard. It keeps score, tells them how they're doing during the game. And American football, there are lines on the field, there are first down lines, there are goal lines and, and many indicators of success or failure, progress. You know, you Mm. can kind of see how you're doing. And statistics, an amazing uh, sea of statistics. Yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're available in sports, and that's where that communication piece comes in too. I mean, they know instantly how they're doing. So, yeah, yeah. without context, without understanding what the game plan is, 
and what's important about that game plan in order to succeed. People go into the into the game of work in a sense with blinders on. And you think about it, what do you want people to be able to do when something goes wrong? You want them to be able to pick up the ball. If there's a fumbled ball, so to speak, what happens? Do people watch the ball bounce around the field and hope that the that the running back picks it up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Or I mean- or or do they understand their role and what needs to uh, to be accomplished? And if they're in a place to pick it up, they know they do it, and they know what to do with the ball once they do pick it up. Absolutely, and I and I and using your kind of an, your example at the beginning, I would say in a lot of using that as an organizational metaphor, mm-hmm. a lot of people when they pick the ball up don't know which direction to run in because they don't know which way we're, we're meant to be heading. You know, to which way we're, we're playing this half or exactly. or whatever. It, it's very yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I definitely that definitely resonates with the work that we do, which is you know is is to try and help sort of help organisations to understand that big picture. Because the, I think, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this. What you tend to find is that at a, at a kind of a an exec level around the around the boardroom table, as it were, that, that people have got that clarity or think they've got that clarity, but they also they they also then think that everybody else in the organisation has the same level of clarity that they do because you know they did that kind of newsletter a few weeks ago or they've sent loads of right. emails out or and and it has it isn't because it's just not it's not been it's not been kind of um, embedded within the organization managers often don't really understand it properly so that you know how are their teams meant to do it is that is that does that concur with your experience absolutely what and that's where communication is so important because mm. in in most organizations are still fairly hierarchical mm. you know they basically operate as a pyramid. And so the people at the top of the organization pyramid have the most knowledge of the business and understanding of the business, maybe not at the frontline level, Mm. but as far as the big picture goes, they understand the the marketplace, the competition, you know, what's critical for the organization to succeed at in order to uh, compete in the marketplace. They, they have, uh, in fact, we talk about the six C's, they have most, uh, most control over those six C's. Mm, yeah, yeah. But as we move down through the pyramid, down toward the bottom of the pyramid, that information, that control, that uh, those resources are delegated to lesser and lesser degrees. Mm. And and by the time you get to those who are at the front lines doing the core work of the business, serving the customers, and maybe even interfacing with the customers, you have people with the least amount of understanding of the big picture. Mm. The least amount of control over the resources, you know, the, the least decision-making authority. <clears throat> They're just not in a great position to do the most important part of the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I was with a client this week, a big, a big, uh, a big multinational, and we were talking about this. And I was helping them with, a, you know, facilitating some work because what they wanted to do was to, you know, get better at being able to collaborate across their functions with with big transformational ideas you know big opportunities to to improve productivity and customer service and that sort of thing and what what was coming out and these were relatively senior people you know was that there is a um there's a very much a kind of a, a silo, you know, and again, it's nothing, no surprises here, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. there's a kind of silo bunker mentality, you know, very, very much geared towards, you know, they've all got KPIs and scorecards, but those KPIs and scorecards serve what their functional 
uh, you know purposes, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily they don't all join together and and combine together to to you know. So longer term projects always got get sacrificed because it doesn't kind of fit in with our short term you know kind of priorities. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and we guess we we see that all the time, and you're sure you do in your work as well. So A- absolutely, and that's where context comes in. Mm, so yeah. we see context as understanding how what we do individually and as a team fits in with that greater, um, I'm sorry, connection fits in yeah, with context. Yeah, right? yeah. So how what we do as individuals and as a team fit in with that larger context. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how do we influence that? How do we impact it? And what do we need to do to help each other so that we can create success in that greater context yeah yeah and, and and actually i guess that's the that's the challenge isn't it is is where how do we find kind of shared objectives that we can all feel because i think there's nothing worse than feeling that you know I, i've worked in organizations where you've got something on your objectives which is you know how on earth are we going to be able to influence that because it, it's something we you know we don't have any contact with that part of the you, you know we don't we don't feel as though we have any direct control over it so you don't want that but you also want to have have uh, uh, kpis or measures that are kind of business success orientated rather than our team succeeded but the rest of the organization struggling but we're okay because we're doing well in our team it's, it's got to have that that kind of um you know it's got to serve the greater good hasn't it and not just be a kind of parochial right. sort of uh goal so so you've, you, we're leading on to the connection thing so and i think you, you've said there it's about making sure that those things connect. is there is there more to it than that as well as kevin or, or is it is it is it as simple as that you know, it is pretty simple. I mean, there the 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 trick is in how to execute. Mm. Uh, that that's really. I think there there are there's a lot of great information, a lot of great books out there, and information for people to learn how to create higher levels of engagement. Mm. The challenge is for people to know how to how to implement those things, mm. and and that's where I think a lot of the models break down. And that's that's sort of our forte is we really focus on. How to do that? How, how to do that work? How to make mm. it happen in the organization? Mm. Okay, we'll come on to that in a second. Just was one one thing I just just wanted to sort of you know te- probe with you and find out a little bit more about was um was the idea of of um I, I guess it might be sort of blindingly obvious, but but what are some of the things that kind of tell you that connection or context and connection in particular are there? But also, what are some of the kind of obvious warnings or, or or indicators where it's not there i mean is it a case that you know just every bunch of people just pulling in different directions some of the things i was just talking about there that my client was talking about this week but it but when it when, when it's kind of done really well what do you see and also kind of what are the some of the sort of warning signs or the red flags that context and connection may be kind of something that we need to to address within our team or within our organization yeah there are a couple of things i mean one is that if People act as though they're business people first in the organization, mm. regardless of what their functional responsibility is. Mm. But but they take themselves, they see themselves as X Y Z business people who happen to have expertise in a particular area, but who leverage that expertise for the success of the whole. If they're operating more from a holistic context. Mm then you, you, know, you, you know that they have a better understanding of why they're there, what needs to be done, and that helps influence their commitment. Yeah, yeah. If, if that's missing, we see things like people 
acting mostly in their own self-interest, mm. uh, often at the expense of the greater good. Mm. Sometimes they're, they're just functioning in silos. They don't communicate well. And we hear people complain about miscommunication. Somebody dropped the ball. Um, you know, I didn't have all the information. She didn't tell me or uh, no one said that. And you hear those kinds of things. And you know that they're operating in isolation of the, of the bigger organization. They don't really have context and they certainly don't have connection to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So let's move on then. You, 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 you alluded to the fact there that, that you, you, you know, it's, it, and I agree with you often. It's like, we, we're very good at diagnosing these things, but, but then, well, what are we going to do about it is often where, where uh, people start like looking at each other blankly and kind of looking yeah. kind of worried and, and, uh, and, and what are we going to do now? So, so let, let's, let's be, let's get into some practical sort of thoughts there then, then Kevin. So what are some of the ways that we can sort of start to improve context and connection? Yeah. Let me, let me give you a couple examples that might help illustrate this. Hmm. So early in my career, uh, worked in a, a large manufacturing facility. Uh, actually we had multiple facilities um, and the, uh, we had a problem with, uh, a machine shop that was, that, uh, created these large industrial pumps and they had shafts that they would machine and balance and then ship them to another facility where they would wrap rubber on these because they were used in very corrosive environments. Okay. And the, um, they had problems with these shafts coming back, being assembled into the pumps and, and being tested and finding that they were out of balance. And so there was horrible, there were horrible vibration problems mm. and they couldn't figure out what changed, what had happened. And, um, after spending quite a bit of money and time trying to research this and, and putting a lot of pressure on the machinist to, uh, be better at, um, at balancing these, these shafts, and the machinists got pretty personal about it. You know, they got upset. They felt like their their integrity was being questioned. Mm. And uh, and these are master craftsmen. These are these mm. are high end machinists. Uh, and they don't like being questioned about their capabilities. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and uh, and so I suggested we try to f- pull the parties together. Now that the, these two facilities were uh, had two separate unions, and the prevailing. Uh, uh, belief was that bringing them together was a bad idea because they might start collaborating on possible strikes and things, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of activity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, you know, in the interest of the, of the organization, we need to help bring the parties together who have their hands on this product to figure out what's going on. And so we did that. And that's where it was discovered that the people in the shop where they wrapped the rubber around the, the, uh, shaft had no idea what they were producing. Um, they, they produced a lot of other products at that facility, had no idea that, that the company actually made these large industrial pumps. <laughs> right. Right. And that, that in fact was a high, precision balanced shaft that they were wrapping with rubber. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so suddenly context became important. Now, now they're seeing more of the big picture yeah. and what they're trying to accomplish and, um, and, and they start looking at their connection to it. How do I affect uh, that end product? And as the light bulbs went on, we heard people in the room saying things like, oh, so you mean when we put that on the, t- we put that on the tines of the forklift to move it from one part of the facility to another, 
and we hit a pothole or we stop too fast and that shaft rolls off the end of the tines and bounces down across the floor, that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and if you could have seen the look on the machinist's face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he said, that's a bad thing. So he said, yeah, that's a really bad thing. And so people started to understand that they needed to handle those things differently mm. because now they had the context. They understood how they impacted the end result. And so they learned that they needed to handle that material differently. Mm. So I think that what's really important for us to look at is how can we help people see more of what they need to see? Take the blinders off, mm. Uh, mm. let them see the bigger picture so that they can contribute at a higher level mm. for the organization. Mm. I think we really saw that at Magma Copper Company, the, the big turnaround that, that uh, I was privileged to participate in, um, where we had individuals who had just, as far as they were concerned, they worked for a, a company in a particular part of the world and knew nothing about their organization beyond that. Mm. And when the, when the company opened the books and began building business literacy within the organization, teaching people about the competition, who the major competitors were and how our organization stacked up against them and what we needed to do to stay competitive. For, for most people, the light bulbs went on again. They really started to understand the whole game that they were playing mm. when they came to work each day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that made a huge difference for them in being able to know how they personally could uh, engage to contribute to that. Yeah. It's really interesting, actually. It reminds me, we did some work for a, for a company uh, a couple of years ago, um, a paper company, and, and they make, um, you know, really, really kind of amazing products that they make. They make uh, paper from, you, you know, for, for all sorts of different purposes. But what, one of the things that strategically they were, they were working on was that the, um, the, 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 the paper market that they were, they've been in in the past was very kind of commoditized. It was, you know, kind of files and folders sort of things that, you know, you, you want to get as cheap as possible. You know, and you, you know, you buy them from Amazon. It's the sort of, you know, you buy the lowest cost cause it's really doesn't, there's no very, very low differentiation is, and they were moving into, to kind of moving into kind of more luxury, you know, build making like really interesting different types of paper paper for for kind of luxury brands because obviously a lot of companies now are moving away from plastic and moving towards paper products so a real big opportunity there um and they had this challenge around the way that their employees typically in the past did deem whether the company was successful or not was you know maximum utilization of these big 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 paper producing machines working flat out you know every shift filled with work rather than moving towards like lower volume but much more higher value and much more higher margin stuff and and for them they had this big kind of perception that you know the business is in trouble because the machines aren't working flat out all the time but actually what they were working on was actually generating a you know far more revenue than than the sort of you know hours and hours of production and obviously was better from a kind of you know mm-hmm. from a cost a fuel cost and energy cost perspective as well for them so it was very much around helping their and that's what we work with them on we help their employee we help them to sort of share that context and to, and get that and also you know that their their people weren't stupid you know that by far from it they're very smart people who mm-hmm. 
who kind of realize that, you know, when they're, as they're consumers as well, they, they can kind of see the writing on the wall for kind of, you know, sort of cheap uh, printer paper and that sort of thing versus, you know, when you see Louis Vuitton and Apple and all the kind of amazing stuff that they, you know, how they use paper and cardboard now. So they kind of didn't, you know, they realized that, but no one had ever sort of made that connection for them. So they're now, their their definition of what good looks like and what success looks like and what that we're doing well as a business has, has been kind of recalibrated and it was so it's very very interesting because we never I'd not thought about it in those terms but now you talk mm-hmm. about context and connection I think that that's kind of what we did for them without without well you, you know we kind of realized what we were doing but we hadn't used that sort of that terminology and I, I think it links to your example there with the uh, you know with the with the precision engineering example as well absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. and and I, th- I think on the on the uh, issue of connection too mm. what, what what we can do for people is help them better understand what they need from each other mm. in order to create this the greater uh, success of the greater whole mm. and uh, we worked with a, a manufacturing group who um, had a lot of breakdowns they they had a lot of problems and and uh, they tried bringing in robots to try to solve some of the problems, but really mm. the bigger problems were human error. Yeah, and 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 it's and again it goes back to people not communicating, not um, handing off the baton smoothly, you know, not working together, not collaborating, and uh, taking responsibility for the more important outcome that needed to be produced versus just focusing on a simple set of tasks and throwing things over the wall to the next person to deal with. Mm. Uh, so they were having a lot of those problems and we worked with them to sit down and, and meet with each other one-on-one so that uh, each individual, each team had a conversation about what you need from me and what I need from you to be able to contribute what, what we need to contribute to the greater organization. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where that connection comes in to really understand those those connections between people and between teams. And and a, a benefit that comes out of that is that you can create a, a tremendous spirit of service to each other. So we're serving each other. We're f- trying to find ways to help each other as opposed to competing against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Within yeah. the organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I know when we before we we started recording you we were talking about um you, you know we were talking about what we were going to cover in the in the interview and, and I know you'd mentioned that the, these five steps so we've had your six C's and we've kind of touched upon two of those in detail you mentioned five steps that you you were going to share with, with us uh, do you want to kind of go into that a little bit more detail Kevin Yeah the um I have five steps for helping people to gain that connection. And it's really, it's a tool that we've put together. It's a process that we use and we've kind of simplified it and put mm. it into this tool so that we can give people. And we'll, we'll give that to yeah. the folks here. And we'll put uh, it in the show end. notes so, so yeah. people can find it that way. But yeah, yeah. Tell us all about it then. Uh, yeah. But, Kevin. but essentially it's, it's, I call it like a speed dating exercise mm. <laughs> where we really uh, get everybody in a room and uh, so we start with the uh, work team, get everybody in a room and we, we rotate around where we have one-on-one meetings and everybody talks to each other about um, what they do and the struggles that they have in the organization contributing the things that they're responsible for. And then um, each then asks the other person, what do you need from me? How can I help you? Right. It's a, it's a, how can I be of service to you? How can I help you better do what you need to do for the organization, for the team? Yeah. 
and and they make commitments around those things, and and then they have a and, and once all the commitments are are made and documented, uh, then they come back later and and see how they're doing on those commitments, and and they can repeat this uh, you know periodically as as needed in the organization. But then to do that likewise with teams, you know, how does my team influence another team? Uh, we did this not too long ago with a large uh, supply chain organization, and we started connecting them to the programs they supported and had them communicate back and forth what they needed from each other to better support the outcome that they're all trying to produce. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's very powerful. And yeah. Again, in the spirit of service, how can I help you as opposed to demanding from each other, um, here's what I want from you. <laughs> yeah it's a very so, different conversation absolutely so so if, if we're going to put the link into the five five step do you want to just kind of just uh, it, so is that is that the process that people will get to go through when they do when they do the five steps yes. yeah yeah okay okay cool cool excellent okay okay and i, I i've just opened up the page there and uh it, yeah yeah there's a, there's a little kind of sign up form there so if anyone wants to access that we'll put that into the uh into the into the show notes um, yeah, and so if 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 people feel like it's a little too involved for them they need a little bit of help I mean, they can feel free to to shoot an email to us or or give us a call, and we're happy to answer questions or, or help out so that they can do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, cool. So obviously, we want we, the, the, the you got your five steps, and any kind of just off the shelf uh, ideas, just just for because listen, I know the listeners love a little kind of you know try this, do this. Here's a, something you can take away and 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 try and try next time you're in the office or next time you, you you're in your in your kind of uh, with your colleagues. Any kind of quick tips and and guidance on on kind of that building connection and and uh, Sorry, can, building context and and connecting people to it that that you can share. Maybe there are parts of your of your five steps, but also just just as a sort of a a quick takeaway. Absolutely, I think transparency, authenticity, visible metrics, all those kinds of things are key communications pieces mm. for for building uh, context and connection. Yeah, and being open and um, uh, basically. Teach business literacy. You know, managers need to teach business literacy within the organization. And instead of sharing information on a need-to-know basis, they need to look at it that everybody needs to know everything, with the exception of things that clearly um, have are confidential. But yeah, yeah. But but by and large, I mean, most things can be shared and should be shared because what we're trying to do is build the business literacy of every individual so that they can operate as a business person with full context and connection to those things that they can impact in the organization. Just like a sports team, they need to have the full picture and know how to be a business person and pick up the ball and run with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the things we 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 often try and advocate, and then it kind of links in with what you've just said there, Kevin, is, is, is and I know it's a I think it's a John Cotter originally coined it, but it's the kind of bring the outside in. It's like, you know, it's it, a lot of people in organizations are kind of insulated from, you know, the customer or the realities of, of what it's really like there out there. And, and, and I think often bringing in, you know, customers to talk about their experience of working with a company or to share their kind of, um, you know what 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 they really love about the business and and how it helps them to live their life you know whatever it is that company does it again helps to build people to rec recognize that actually what i do is 
is part of something bigger than just my own little kind of job description and uh, and actually i am connected to something that is doing something really good and 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 i think that helps people to recognize that you know it's the intent of the organization and what we're trying to achieve sometimes and sometimes i think it gets that gets lost in the detail isn't it of of you know kind of um you know how much pro- how productive we are and all those sort of things are really important but actually mm-hmm. it, it's how customers are using whatever it is we make or the services that we provide and how that makes their lives better that ultimately we should all be kind of like out should be our north star that we're all kind of pointing towards and 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 helping to try and uh, and deliver yep absolutely yeah yeah any any final thoughts then, Kevin? That's really 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 helpful, and I really uh, you know I really like the the your six C's model. Um, you know, particularly we've kind of done that deep dive into context and connection, and and maybe we we need to do another episode some point in the future when we talk about the the other the other four because uh, and and if people want to access that that the the, the six C's is is that I know you've given me a few links that I'm going to pop into the show notes. Is that is that embedded in any of the uh, the I know you what we've got the ninety day turnaround and is that in there? Yeah. Yeah, if they go to the ninety day turnaround.com, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh that that site will uh has the six C's and uh right. probably all the information about that process. Great. Yeah. So if anyone wants to look into that. And I'll also I'll also put your your uh, LinkedIn profile into the show notes, Kevin. I assume you're okay with that. Okay. If people want to make a make a direct connection with you and uh, and and hook up with you that way, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Fantastic. I was done, I, sorry, I said any any final thoughts or tips, and then <laughs> I kind of proceeded to t- give you uh, to hog it. Any anything anything you want to say, Kevin, or, or kind of final thoughts before we we sign off? Yeah, just a reminder that it's really hard to be committed and accountable if if you have no understanding of the big picture or your role in it. Mm. And so I just I think if we look at our roles as managers in organizations. Mm. What's our what's one of the most important things we can do? That's to build business literacy, to build uh, an understanding of that big picture and each individual and each team's role in it to help um, tap that inherent intrinsic motivation that people normally come to work with. Absolutely. I love that. I really like that, that, you know, that 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 because I I guess, you know, if you're asking a vast majority of managers to write down a list of what they thought their core role was uh, that often they'll they'll recite what's on their job description and often their job description doesn't include that that what you've just said there which is you know one of my key roles is to almost get everyone in my team to go on a kind of think you know like business owners like what we would do mm-hmm. if we were if we were owned own this business which you know theoretically they do if, they, if they're, uh, they're they're kind of committed to it uh, so so yeah so i think that's a really a really good point to sign off on uh kevin so look that's been a really really great conversation thank you so much for spending your time as i say i may i may get you back at some point in the future just to sort of talk about a few more of these uh these areas and i definitely i think the communication one is we're probably gonna you know worth i know we've kind of touched upon it today obviously but it'd be good to maybe do a deeper dive into one of those at some point in the future so we may be getting you back on the show kevin thank you i'd love to do that yeah, excellent. Well, have, I know you've got a very exciting weekend lined up, and uh, so I hope that goes well. And um, just to so, sort of say on behalf of the listeners, thank you so much, Kevin. Thanks for sharing your insights. And uh, yeah, look up, look forward to catching up soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.